0: Welcome to The Housetop Podcast, the teaching arm of Oikos Ministries. Jesus said, whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light, and what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. Join our host, Terrell Aber as he teaches God's Word. Well, good evening, and uh, welcome to the Facebook Live, the broadcast of Oikos Ministries, our teaching ministry. I'm Terry Laber. I'm your host. Uh, we've been teaching through uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so um, we're in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians tonight. If you've missed any of this and would like to catch up, we're on part four. If you'd like to catch up and uh, also visit and uh, hear some other teachings, uh, we're at www.housechurchesusa.com. You can get on our website and peruse through there. there's lots of good study helps and teachings and good words that would encourage you and help you in your christian walk and faith so we pray that you'll use that site generously so we bless you tonight thank you for showing up and it's time to get with it so first corinthians 12 i'm going to read the context one more time now concerning spiritual gifts brethren I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I made known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activity, but it is the same God who works all in all. uh, but one and the self, uh, one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that bo- one body being many are one body. So also is Christ for by one spirit. We were all baptized into one body. So this has been our context for these uh, teachings. Uh, we're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we saw through our teachings that number one, the baptism into the body of Christ, which is a specific baptism. This is not your water baptism. This is a specific baptism where we're immersed into interdependent uh, relationship, where we are literally connected by the bonds of love to one another. This is through building relationship and the common denominator of those relationships are Jesus Christ. That's the one thing. That's the one commonality of our communion in the body. Now, there are diversities of Characters and, uh, you know, all kinds of different uh, kinds of personalities and ethnic and social and economic backgrounds. But we're all one body. And our commonality is that we all came into the body of Christ through the cross of Christ. So that's our one commonality. Now, he says concerning spirituals. I was telling my wife on the way over here that we just finished a series called Strongholds. And we were dealing with the issue of breaking strongholds and uh, literally casting out the demons that uh, beset our Christian walk. And then we moved over from that and we thought it would be a good idea to say, OK, if we don't if we cast the demon out, we need to be filled with the spirit. And I've made an observation here. We're talking about spirituals. He said now concerning spirituals, we made that point numerous times through these teachings. Now concerning spirituals in the originals, it wouldn't say spiritual gifts. It just says now concerning spirituals. I've noticed that if you talk about soulish things, that's fine. You talk about the flesh, that's fine. But when you start talking spirituals, if we begin to point out the demonic spirituals, we see a a swirly, it's like stirring a hornet's nest. And if we talk about the Holy Spirit, it's equally like st- stirring a hornet's nest. It's amazing to me the the demonic that gets set afoot when we begin to talk about the Holy Spirit. And if we're going to be, if we dispossess uh, uh, someone from a demon and we then the Holy Spirit possesses that vessel, there is a war that goes on around this thing. It's really a powerful thing. And uh, the more we do this, and I've done this many times, but To me this is like a a whole renewed thing i guess we're we're able to speak to the issues a lot more clearly these days but uh, i've just made that observation so what we did last week we set it up nine gifts of the spirit there are nine gifts of the holy spirit and we've broken them down into three different parts now let me say and and make sure credit is given where credit is due this is not mine originally on this three-part breakdown I actually learned this from Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. I don't uh, agree with all of his teachings anymore, but this breakdown has always been very good. As a matter of fact, when Dr. Uh, Brown taught on this, it was it was tremendous. Uh, but since then, he's he's gone into some things that I cannot endorse and do not endorse. But he's a, actually a good Bible teacher if he would stay to it. And so when you get to this and. Uh, there were three breakdowns. So number one, there are three gifts called the revelatory gifts. We taught on those last week, and that would be the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. The second gifts, which what we'll deal with tonight, is the power gifts, faith, healings, and miracles. And the third gifts are the uh, gifts of utterance, which would be prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues, which we'll get to next week. But tonight, we're going to focus on the power gifts, the gifts of power. Now, uh, in, for, in Second Corinthians, if we could start there in Second Corinthians, I mean, excuse me, First Corinthians chapter two, uh, my mind went a little blank there. First Corinthians chapter two, great quote. Brother Schambach used to quote this on his daily radio broadcast. He said in verse four, and my speech and my preaching was not in With enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and and of power, that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, I think this is a fantastic verse. The Apostle Paul thought it was absolutely necessary that the demonstration of the spirit and of power would literally convince folks. He said that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Today, there are so many who literally lend toward cessation that the gifts of the Spirit are not for today, that literally most people's faith is built on the wisdom of men and how uh, good we can articulate and, and, and just teach things. And so it becomes one big mental ascent. And you can actually know a lot of things and have no faith. Now that is a, a, a reality that you could have a lot of head knowledge and there'd be a disconnect between your head knowledge and what you actually believe. As a matter of fact, you could live totally different, uh, disassociated by, from what you actually say you believe. There are lots of people who quote creeds or quote doctrines and live totally different from what they say they believe. This is probably actually you live what you actually believe. That's what you do. You live what you actually believe. Now look again. If we'll back up just a little bit more, if you'll humor me, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I want you to see what the apostle Paul, uh, said to the Corinthians right in the outset. Now, we know the Corinthian church was a mess, an absolute mess. But I want to show you something what he said to them. In chapter 1, let me get my Bible up where I can see. I'm having a hard time seeing this evening. In verse 4, he said, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus. Now, remember, grace given. These are gifts. We're talking giving uh, that you were enriched in in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And look at there. The Apostle Paul thought it was a, absolutely necessary that the Corinthians would not come behind in any gift. He wanted to, I mean, I want you filled with utterance. I want you to have the gifts. All right. Look at Romans chapter one. If you'll further entertain me, Romans one. In verse eleven, for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gifts, so that you may be established. Now look at there. He wanted to give them a spiritual gift that they might be established. He 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 told the Corinthians that I wanted to give you that you could wouldn't come behind in any gift that would confirm you to the end. And so there were these giftings. Uh he told the apostle uh, also he told Timothy, he said, uh, to stir up the gift that's in you through the putting on of my hands and the laying on of hands of the presbytery. And so he said, stir those gifts up. The, and also in Corinthians, he said, covet earnestly the best gifts. I want to tell you folks, we have seen, I look, I'm a charismatic believer. I, I, I literally, I speak in tongues. I've seen, I've been used in every one of the gifts at one time or another. I'm not saying I am this or I am that. I'm just saying I've been used in the gifts in every one of these at one time or another. Now, that's just as the spirit gives that that, that I've been used. Oh, hallelujah. But the point is, we have seen much abuse of the gifts all across the spectrum. And there seems to be a hype burnout. As a matter of fact, I am burnt out by hype. I am literally... Uh, just to the point where I don't want to hear anybody's hype about this and that, uh, building up things that, uh, 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 revivals over here, revivals there. Look, this miracle, that miracle. I'm not running to that stuff, but I am hungry to see the power of God. I believe you are too, who are listening to this broadcast. And so people want to see the genuine article. They want to see the power of God and they want And It's not just like we're looking for entertainment or a three We will, Look, the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. My speech and my preaching are not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit of power that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I ask you tonight, what does your faith stand in? The wisdom of men, did somebody just talk you into it? Did they explain it away or explain it so good you said, oh, I like the way you teach. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. Or is your faith in the power of God? Have you experienced the power of God? Tonight we're talking about the power gifts. And I want to point out some powerful men who are used in the gifts of power. We're going to start with the apostle Peter In in Acts chapter 5. We'll take a little quick walk through the book of Acts. Acts chapter five. Now, I, I've chosen to do Now, we all know Jesus did healings and miracles it's like everywhere he walked. He was doing miracles. It's a fact. I have purposely not included Jesus in this. I have absolutely. I want it to be not Jesus doing these miracles. All right. Because we can all say, we all know that God can do miracles. We all know that Jesus can do miracles. Can you believe that you could? The works that I do. Jesus said, the works that I do, will you do also and greater works than these. Because I go to my father. We should see an increase of the power of God in our generation. Yet we're seeing it diminished. And I believe it's largely because of false doctrine. And literally, I believe that unbelief is running rampant, even among those who claim they are believers. The, the, the man with the demon uh, possessed son said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. I think this should be the phrase of the hour. I believe, help my unbelief. I believe, but there's a disconnect between what I say I believe and what's actually happening. Lord, I believe, help me see it done. Now, let's get to it. Now, first, before we jump into these men, faith, the, it says there's three gifts of power, faith, healings and miracle. Now, these are all the powerful gifts. All the dunamis gifts. And so when we look at this idea of faith, it's it's the same exact word that you'd see anywhere else. In other words, second uh, uh, Ephesians chapter two, verses eight through 10 says that for by grace are you saved through faith. Same word pistis. It means to be fully persuaded in your mind. Full persuasion. That's what faith means. Fully persuaded in your mind. And then, you know, if we took the two basic Christian foundations, number one, repentance means to change the way you think. Faith means to be fully persuaded. Those two go hand in hand that we have to literally, because of the catalyst of God's word put into us, we begin to think differently. And then we become fully persuaded by the logic of God, the the logos, the logia of God, that the word of God begins to convince us and we're settled in our thinking. I believe we have to have logic because we are reasoning beings so that we can also have faith. I don't think it's magic. I don't think it's it's not it's not uh, 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 this uh, spiritual fanaticism. It's it's literally the fact of faith that we're drawing on God, not on man. Let's keep going. Faith He said, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that's not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Where do we get faith? It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has ordained that we should walk in them. God has ordained that we would walk in the good works of faith. He said that faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. That's Romans 10, 17, that faith cometh by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. How do we get faith? By the word of God. Then it also said you, beloved brother, building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. How do you get faith? Praying in tongues, praying in the spirit. There's three realms are three places we can draw on to build our faith. But the specific gift, he said that one of the gifts of the spirit is faith. Faith. And it's an extraordinary issue. And as a matter of fact, as we look at it, let's look at Acts chapter five. Let's take that one first. The apostle Peter. In chapter five, verse 14, it says, and believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women so that they brought the sick out into the street and laid them on the beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also, a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. A continuation happened of exactly what Jesus did on earth. Now, that is phenomenal. I absolutely understand we're talking about the 12 apostles of the Lamb. I get it. I totally get that. But I do not believe or agree with those who say that those gifts ceased when the last apostle died. I cannot buy that. I will not buy that. I don't have to buy that. It's nowhere It's not scriptural. It does nowhere does it say that it's that, that God is going to withdraw it, especially in the age of the Holy Spirit. He's not going to pull back the gifts in the age of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are alive and, and kicking. They're full display. Now, look at the next verse. If we look at Acts chapter 6. This is not an apostle of the lamb. And I like this verse eight and Stephen, they claim he was a deacon. I believe he was just one of those that, who would wait tables, Stephen, full of faith and power. Look at there, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Look at there. Then there arose some that are called from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen the Syrians and Alexandrians and those from Cilicia and Asia, disputing with Stephen and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which Stephen spoke. Now, look at that carefully. Stephen, who was full of faith and power, full, a full measure of faith and power. Okay, he did miracle signs and wonders among the people. Ain't that something? He was not one of the twelve apostles. Let's keep moving in Acts chapter eight. Verses 6 through 8. Another deacon done jumped up named Philip. The, the persecution that just happened through the uh, Saul was actually persecuting the churches and they were scattered. And then Philip um, went to Samaria. Verse 4. Therefore those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them now Christ to preach Christ that is the anointed one that's what Christ means the anointed one so apparently he's preaching under the anointing and it's, it's literally he's pre, he's using the old testament to prove that Jesus is the Christ that's what that method of preaching is now watch he preached Christ to them and the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip hearing and seeing the miracles which he did for unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame and were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Look at there. Stephen was moved with power. He preached under the power of the Holy Spirit. And look what took place. I want to point out something to you. I was, again, I was telling my wife on the way over that number one, if you look through the Gospels, the word miracle It's um, Simeon, that is the word or the Greek word for miracle. When you get past the Gospels, what you'll see is the major uses of the word miracles is dunamis. It's the same word for power. It's where we get the word dynamite from, the English word dynamite. And so it's this explosive power of God, the dunamis of God working through a person's life. All right. And so, again, I point out to you, Philip was not one of the 12 apostles. He was just being used by God. He was actually one of the deacons, or what they from uh, chosen in Acts chapter six. Turn with me to Acts uh, nineteen, verses eleven and twelve. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hand of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. And so here we see that the apostle Paul, also not one of the 12 apostles of the Lamb, the apostle Paul himself had unusual miracles. So this is not typical among all believers that even you could take a handkerchief given off of his body if he wore it while he was under the anointing or preaching and he'd give it to someone, they could take it and give it to the sick and they would get well. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Um, Brother Shambock? I heard him testify, was in the habit of uh, giving out these prayer cloths and they would take and give it to the sick friends and all that. And and uh, one lady, uh, that, that there was a nursing home who was forbidding them to bring prayer cloths in. Isn't that an amazing thing? And so... She, he, this lady gave Brother Shambach some candy bars and said, would you preach with these candy bars in your pocket? And he did. And they brought the candy bars to their sick friend and that person was healed eating candy. And I, I tell you, I've eaten candy ever since. So, <laughs> praise the Lord so we see unusual miracles now let me point something out let's go back uh, let's look at uh John chapter 3 i want to I want to point a couple of things out before we go deeper into this in John chapter 3 in verse 34 well, let's let me back, back up to verse 32. Um, Verse 31, he who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is earthy and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. And what he has seen and heard that he testifies and no one receives his testimony. He who has received his testimony has certified that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God does not give the spirit by measure. The father loves the son and has given all things into his hand. He who believes in the son has everlasting life and he who does not believe the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. This is John the Baptist talking about Jesus, that God God did not give Jesus the Holy Spirit by measure. Jesus had the full, whole person of the Holy Spirit. There is a great difference between Jesus and us. Now, we have the Holy Spirit, but I'm going to tell you right now, we are given measures, we were given particular gifts. And so I've heard some of the teachers that are, I believe, are very erroneous. Uh, and even if you I, I guess you could get boastful in your own head and think that way if you God is using you wonderfully. But listen, nobody can be Jesus except Jesus. And so I, I've heard some teachers out there just say some really stupid things about this. But the fact is that Jesus was given the full, whole person of the Holy Spirit. I mean Basically, Jesus, the human side of Jesus, the humanity of Jesus was given the entire holy God God's Holy Spirit filled Jesus as best, the whole person. That's amazing uh thought. Now look at Romans twelve. Let's look at another thought there. Romans twelve. Verse we'll look at verse three. For I say through the grace given, look at that grace given, gifts given, grace given to me that everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think solely soberly as God has dealt to each one. What is that? A measure of faith, a measure of faith. Would you look carefully at that? God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Now we're talking about the gift of faith. Now we're not talking about uh the norm of saving faith, or anything. This is an unusual expression where the gift of faith is uh, literally uh, you, you pull so hard on the power of God that we see unusual things happen by a man or a woman of faith. And so, look at verse uh, the same passage in verse six. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given. I love that grace given. Let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Look at there. And so, you, you know, if you've got a small measure of faith and you live in fear about half the time, quit making grandiose prophecies that you'll never see fulfilled. All right. You just it's just not going to happen. Now, let me say while, I, while I'm on that subject. There, that's part of what the cessation is saying. Now that we have the complete Bible written, we don't need the gifts of prophecy. That's a foolish thing to say. It's a foolish understanding. I said it's really not. It does, it's inconsistent with what we have in Scripture. That basically, if look, this God is a spirit knows who worship him, must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, what's happening, we've cut the spirit thing. out. We just worship God in truth. Is that right? We're just gonna build up these, these these systems of truth all over the place. And that, you know, we're gonna build our doctrines, and everybody who has a who likes that bunch of doctrines, then that's the truth. Then we like this bunch of doctrines. That's the truth. Well, we're spirit. See, the truth is objective. We have the finished word of God. I agree with that. The word of God is finished. We don't add to, we don't take away from. The word of God is a complete book preserved by God Himself. I believe it's the absolute, inerrant word of God. Now, that said. Spirit and truth, spirit, the Holy Spirit is subjective. And so when the Holy Spirit moves, it is subjective to judgment by the Word of God. Okay? So when the Holy Spirit, uh, does something, he, we, we must judge it. We, the Holy Spirit's okay. It's we who have the problem, but we should judge that by what Scripture says. Okay? That is subjective understanding. And it's subjective worship. And the Bible tells us clearly, do not despise prophecy. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophecy. See, I believe that we could easily quench the spirit by putting a disdain against prophecy. I know of one church. Literally, this is a real thing. They would raise their hands, clap, shout. "Woo, Boy, they just get into it. But it had a big banner up there. It says, do not speak in tongues here. Had a banner saying such a thing insane how about that real thing real real deal it really happened all right now we see christ had the spirit without measure you and i have been given a measure of faith we have proportionate sizes now the apostle paul had apparently a huge uh portion of faith and god did unusual miracles and i've read through many many men and women of faith who God used great, used greatly to do great miracles. And uh, I don't propose to be one of those people. I do. I believe God greatly and I have a great salvation, but I've never been used in some of the things I've read about. But I know subjected to the word of God that they're real and that happens. So uh, let's just keep moving. I want to show you a few more things here. Let's move to well, before we move off of faith. Let me just read one more thing. Turn with me to Isaiah 28. I cannot let this teaching go by without putting this in our spirit. I speak to all those out there who are cessationists. I I don't think you're evil. I just think you have a, a, a bad doctrine. I really do. And, and, and maybe you built your doctrine based on a lack of experience. I remember before I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I was wanting for somebody, man, give me a Billy Graham or somebody safe that I could I could believe they said, but I didn't never get that never came. But the word of God had all we needed. I just my understanding was close to it because I didn't understand the word of God. And so everybody was trying to explain things Were people who said we don't believe that's for today. And so if you start from that avenue, boy, you're going to have a very limited faith. And so if, look at this in chapter 28 of Isaiah, verse nine. Whom will he teach knowledge? Whom will he make to understand the message? Those just weaned from the milk, those just drawn from the breasts. He's talking about it. Will he teach that knowledge and was to an infant? I mean, is that who he's going to teach them for precept must be upon precept and precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line here a little and there a little. And so we're talking about teaching knowledge. And then we're seeing a systematic theology, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. And so it's, and that's basically how any Bible study is done. I have no problem with that, but that cannot be an end in itself. Or else we're just going to eat at the tree of knowledge. And truly, our faith will stand in the wisdom of men and not in the power of God. The clever ability to put things together or rightly divide the word. All that's good stuff, but it cannot be the end in itself. And if our knowledge doesn't turn to faith and power, what have we except a mental ascent? Keep going. Watch carefully what it says. For with stammering lips and another tongue, will he speak to this people? Now, without any doubt, the apostle Paul himself in first Corinthians chapter 14 says stammering lips and another tongue is speaking in tongues. With stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people to whom he said, this is the rest and this is the refreshing. This is the rest. You may cause the weary to rest and this is the refreshing, but they would not hear. Would you listen? What is the rest? Speaking in tongues. What is the refreshing? Speaking in tongues. It's the spirit's language. Now, and I'm going to get back on this next week, but I want you to see this. They would not hear it. They refused to hear that. Watch carefully. Watch what it says. But the word of the Lord was to them precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little, that they may go and fall backward, be broken, snared, and caught. That is not a good thing, folks. That literally we could stay, you know, I hear all the dangers about, oh, don't get, don't speak in tongues, don't, don't move in again. Demons will move it. Demons will come. Well, look what happens if you just stay with line upon line and line upon line. You might go, fall backward, be broken, snared, and caught. Maybe that's why most cessationist doctrine said you can't lose it because that's what happens to everybody who tries to just live in the will of the mind. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 12. That's a lot to chew on right there, but it speaks right to the cessationist argument. It speaks right to the fact that there are folks who are just too proud in their religious arrogance to humble themselves and pray in another language. We're talking about power here, folks. We're talking about the power of God. We're not talking about the smarts of men. A lot of smart men have done a lot of stupid things. Think about it. We see smart men who are on TV all the time, smart fellas, and they fall one after another. They smart folks, but they're dumb. Stay with me. First Corinthians 12. We're talking about the gifts of power. We just pointed out Peter, Stephen, Philip, Paul. These were men of faith and power. They were full of faith and power and they saw miracles, signs, and wonders. So faith is really the, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, the substance of hope. Faith pulls so hard on the power of God. Faith, faith pulls so hard on God. It brings it right into the now. It's a miraculous thing. It's a powerful thing that happens In the gift of faith. Let's talk about healings just for a few minutes. I'm in Isaiah 53. There are gifts, plural, of healings, plural. And I want to see uh, we're talking Isaiah 53. Again, as I said earlier, there is a logic, if you would. The human mind needs logic to believe and we need the logic of God's word. Now, I'm giving you an Old Testament passage here that prophesied about the future redemption in Christ Jesus. In verse one, it says in chapter 53, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and we hid as it were our faces from him he was despised and we did esteem him not surely he has borne our griefs if you go look up that word griefs surely he has borne our griefs Uh, probably the better word to have translated right there would surely he has borne our diseases it's the same word for sickness and disease. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrow. By the way, if you think I'm taking this too far, go look at Matthew chapter 8. And it says Jesus was casting out devils and healing all the sick. And, and he said, to, and it fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah saying, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrow. That's exactly the verse. All right. And so yet we deceived him, we esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we're healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So when we look at the idea of the Old Testament prophet Isaiah looking 700 years into the future and seeing the crucifixion of Christ, He saw it clearly 690 years to be exact. Before this happened, he saw the crucifixion of the Christ. And so as he looked at the Christ and he saw these, these powerful prophetic words that I believe set the precedent to understand here it is. Here's what I want you to get. Healing is in the atonement. Divine healing, the healing of the physical body is in the atoning work of Jesus Christ. It's so it's in the blood of Jesus. Leviticus 17, 11 tells us another Old Covenant verse says that the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it the blood on the altar to make an atonement for your souls. Look at that for the life of the that's Leviticus 17, 11, for the life, life. Zoe, the life of the flesh, physical body. Is in the blood. All right. And I have given it upon the altar of the cross. That was the cross. That was the altar to make atonement for the soul. Look, folks, I want to tell you when the atoning of the soul takes place through the blood of Jesus Christ, the healing of the soul, the mind, the will, the emotion, even cleansing the conscience by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what Hebrews 9 tells us, that even our conscience would be purified. By the blood of Jesus Christ that we're clean. We have no more guilt, no more shame that we're clean. The blood washes us clean. Come on, man. And so the blood of Jesus cleanses the mind. What a settling to the whole soul. What a settling to that heavy laden mind or emotion that has been carrying the burden of some hidden shame or sin or guilt or something that has gone awry or some molestation, some torment in the soul. Of man and that he heals it he has given the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross to make atonement for the souls of men he has literally set us right he literally paid the price that would set us right with God boy this is powerful Psalms 103 verses 1 through 3 says bless the Lord oh my soul and all that's within me bless the Lord oh my soul and all that's within me bless his holy name and forget none of his benefits, for he forgiveth all my iniquities; he healeth all my diseases. I want you to see that. Why would the Old Testament, the Old Testament Psalm, the, they expected what was promised in the Book of Deuteronomy, the blessings? of obedience, the cursings of disobedience. They could expect the blessing that none of the plagues of Egypt would come upon them, none of the curses, none of the diseases of Egypt, none of the diseases of the world would come upon them if they were literally in an obedience to God. Now, they would expect that under the Old Testament, under the blood of bulls and goats, under the, under the ashes of a heifer sprinkling, they expected divine health and healing. What about us who are in the new covenant established on better promises on better blood that now we have the blood of Jesus. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, John chapter three, go look at it. Verse, I think 14, John as Moses lifted up the serpent, all who had sinned and been bitten by the serpent. They looked to that which was killing them and they were healed. Now he said, just as Moses lifted up, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Jesus was lifted up. And if we would look to him, we could be healed. How much better than the Old Testament, the type of serpent. Now we have the anti-type. We have Christ lifted up. Come on. Come on, man. But we have oppositions of science in our head. We've got all the unbelief of this age in our head. We're being fed a steady diet of God's dead. God's not here. God doesn't do that. This is ceased. This is gone. What are we supposed to, according to your non-faith, be it under you? Oh, for the mind that was convinced, faith and healings, there are gifts of healings. I remember I looked at that fella. I might have told this on Facebook before. Let me tell it one more time. It was a phenomenal miracle. I was asked to go and pray for him. Laying in that bed. That dude's bigger than I am. I mean, was a big old boy. Brain tumor, in a coma. And I went in there to pray for him. He was totally in a coma. I said, I shook him a little bit. Mr. DJ. I need to pray for you. Your family wants me to pray for you. They said you're in a bad way. You need Jesus before you die. Don't slip out of this world and die. No no response. I was talking. I was very nice. I was being nice. And after a while I said, man, these people asked me to pray for this. They asked me to come. I'm not going to talk to a shell here. And I began to shake him a little harder. And after a while I got up on the top of him and I was bouncing that guy literally out the bed and he woke up. said, so that's who I want. I want to talk to you about your faith. So you got to get right with God. You're in a bad way. You're sick and you're dying. If you don't get right with God, you're going to go to hell. That man received Christ right there on his Came out of a comb and received Christ. And here's the beauty part. Now, the next day he woke up on his own. He drifted off back to sleep. I felt my job was done. Drifted all back to sleep. And the next morning he asked his family, said, hey, who was that priest sitting on my chest last night? Shaking me. From the rest of that man's life, he never cursed no more. His demeanor changed. He was pleasant. He was uh, he died in peace. What a wonderful, wonderful miracle. A bunch of men were. Working. I'm talking about faith and power now. There was a bunch of men working together who were tearing down some buildings. They had these heavy beams going across the buildings. And we had several crews. My crew was working on a different one. There was little sections of this building. There was 11 pieces of it. And uh, I heard a, a shout. And, and I, well, the way I was turned, I looked and I could see the building collapse on top of one of my men. It fell right on top of him. I saw him go down. I mean, it just crushed him. Boom whoo panic hit me wow i don't like seeing somebody hurt and uh back in them days we didn't have cell phones or none of that we didn't even have beepers and so uh, i said somebody run go call an ambulance and another guy said wait let's pray and i said come back young man come back and we all got around this fella we pulled him out from under there and all got around him he was just unconscious he wasn't moving and we began to rebuke death and call on the name of the lord and I'm telling you, I got him by the hand and picked him up and he just walked straight up. He ain't never done another thing. He worked all day with us. The next day, gave his life to Jesus. That's pretty cool. Those are the, and I, I, let me just be the first. I didn't feel like I was the man of faith. Somebody else, it was their suggestion. I just called him back. They're, whoa, whoa, come back, come back, come back. You're right. I'm, I'm panicked. I'm i call on an ambulance. Let's call on Jesus. And God healed it. Come on, man. Plus, we had an extra worker to finish all that work that day. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We're in the mountains in Green River, Wyoming. Doing a tent revival. Buddy, we done set that tent up on the side of the mountain. I was so happy about my tent up there on the side of that mountain. I was ready. Let's preach to all these Mormons up here in Mormon country. Hallelujah. And so... Nobody told me about the wind, buddy. Long about sundown, here come a wind. You ain't ready. Them tent poles were literally jumping up and down. And look, I'm going to be honest. I'm like them disciples. And Lord, we are sinking fast. I'm going to tell you, Lord, we're going to pair. I could just see this tent blowing away and killing everybody in Green River, Wyoming. Making headlines. And we begin to pray. We begin to pray loudly. We begin to pray forcefully. Then we begin to command and tell that wind to be still. I'm telling you, them poles settled where they're supposed to. The wind stopped and we had church. You hear me? It quit. It's a cool miracle right there on the side of that mountain, boy. One more miracle over there in Green River. It was a pretty cool thing. I'm witnessing to this man outside of a homeless shelter. And he said, I guess you want him preachers who believes it's better to give than to receive. I said, well, sir, I am. I do believe that. Now I'm in charge of the trip. I had all the money. We had but seven hundred dollars. There was five of us. We had to eat and get a, get along with our goods. It was first day of the meetings, you know, and he said, well, give me all your money. I reached in my pocket and I had that $700 folded and I gave it to him. And there you go, sir. And right at that time, this woman run out of that homeless shelter. She apparently ran the place. She said, give me the $700 you owe me. He looked at hers and gave it back to her. And she turned around and handed me that money back. He see, she said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And I said, thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Faith. Sometimes you got to step out there to see the extraordinary. You say, well, what if it don't work? What if it does? You know how many people get prayed for to be saved and don't get saved? Well, you pray for the healing. They didn't get healed. Well, I, I pray for a lot of people's salvation. They didn't get saved neither. Can I tell you how many few people actually repent? I pray for repentance every day. Please, Lord, cause them to repent. <laughs> I ain't gonna quit. I will never quit praying for the sick. Come on now. Hallelujah. I want you to see something in Acts chapter 28. Acts 28. If you're not familiar with your Bible. Acts 28 is the last chapter of the book of Acts, right? It's called the Acts of the Apostles. And if there's somebody who says there's no more apostles, then why are there still apostles? How come there's still people who work in the power of the apostleship? There's still people who have the anointing for apostleship. Why do, I mean, it's, it's amazing to me. Why do we start calling them missionaries? That ain't a Bible word. How come there are people out there on the mission field who are doing apostolic work and starting churches? Huh? And seeing the power of God. Now, that ain't your average televangelist doing that. These are the real deal. These people have no name. You, you, I mean, the world's not worthy of them. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking several of them right here in my thinking right now. And so just, uh, Hear me carefully. God's doing. Look, one of the young men I met in Africa, one of my first trip to Africa, uh, uh, we 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 met him. The Lord put some things in my heart. We had a we we were bringing him an offering, cash money, and I'd never met the guy. I couldn't wait to get to Africa, boy. As soon as I met this young man, I gave him five thousand dollars. I said, "Here, the Lord told me to give you that." But on the plane ride over, the Lord had told me, "Give this young man a van." So, wow, we had that kind of money. And I especially I didn't know how much m- vans cost in Kenya, Nairobi, Kenya. Let me tell you something. They got used car salesmen in Nairobi, make American car salesmen look like they giving cars away. Look, like, look, they want for uh, 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 a Toyota four wheel drive pickup truck with 450,000 miles on it. This is in, man. This is 15 years ago with 20 years ago with fifteen thousand dollars. American. I went, what, 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 what? I bought that young man a van, a diesel van, nice one, boy, it was fine. He drove it forever. This young man texted, messaged me this couple of weeks ago on Facebook, and he said, uh, hello, Terrell. That's all he said. I said, hello. <laughs> that was all I said. He said, I don't know if I've told you this, but I've just been, received a ministry in Kenya that I am the spiritual advisor to the first lady of Kenya. I'm talking about the president's wife. (laughs) And they meet twice a week with 1,200 intercessors and pray literally all day long. Come on, I'm almost speaking in tongues right now. They had a traditional prophet that told this young man, he said, if you go into this house church thing, you will never amount to nothing. You'll never even have a vehicle. And the Lord literally had just erased all that curse that that man had put on. I want you to see this. Acts chapter 28. If you don't think there are still men and women of God who God is promoting to places like Joseph. Listen to this carefully. Acts chapter 28. I want you to see this in verse 8. <clears throat> And it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery. Paul went into him and prayed and he laid his hands on him and healed him. That's all I want to say. Acts 28. That's the last chapter of the book of Acts. They were still healing. I got no reason to believe they quit. Hmm? Come on now. Let's just keep continuing right on because Romans said, I want to give you gifts. First Corinthians said, I want you to have the gifts. Timothy, he told Timothy, I want you to have the gifts. He said, covet the gifts. Desire them. Have spiritual gifts. Look, faith, healings, and miracles. And the gift of miracles, folks. This is, not, it's dynamite power from God. That's what he's, that's exactly what it is. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 22. First Pentecostal sermon. By the Apostle Peter. First day of Pentecost. Acts 2 and verse 22. Men of Israel. Let me just paraphrase. Let me let me just update it to right now. Men of the church. Hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested. King James says approved of God to you by miracles, wonders and signs which God through did through him in your midst as you yourselves know him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God you have taken by lawless hands and have crucified and put to death whom God raised up having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Hallelujah. Look at there. A man of God approved Through miracles, signs, and wonders. You hear me? Approved by miracles, signs, and wonders. I believe that God wants the miracles, signs, and wonders to be done. Look, I believe Antichrist right now is working false signs, false wonders. Let him do what he's going to do. That will not, the counterfeit will never make me cease from the true. My Bible says the true worshiper will worship in spirit and in truth. That don't make me quit worshiping because I know there are false worshipers. I'm not going to quit worshiping. I worship the true and the living God. He's alive today. He's alive right now. And he's still working miracles, signs and wonders. And if he delivered this old dope smoking, drinking, fornicating, wicked man, he can deliver you right now. Huh? It's a miracle. And you who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That salvation is full and free and it's powerful and it goes past just some futuristic thing. I got a present salvation delivering me from the, 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 the even the, the, the want to for sin. The pleasure of sin. I don't want it. He's delivered me from the power of sin and deliver me from the penalty of sin. Are oh, you just worried about not going to hell. Well, you better lose the pleasure and you better lose the power of sin and start looking at the, the real power of a full salvation right now, not some futuristic thing where you're hoping against hope, hoping that someday in the end, he's going to come back and make you better. Look, Jesus died 2000 years ago to not make you better, but to put you to death so he could come and live in the resurrected you by the power of God. Oh, I'm talking about power. The gifts of power, power, wonder working power, miraculous power. We need to believe again. Help our unbelief be. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. I believe we're plagued with unbelief in this hour. We're plagued with biblical ignorance. We're plagued with uh, a cessation, false doctrine of cessationism. That One of the ways to get the gifts of the Spirit and to see the gift of faith is by praying in the Holy Spirit. You pray in tongues and it'll build your faith. So we take away one avenue. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We don't read our Bibles. We're biblically ignorant, illiterate. And those who know a little bit of Bible or listening to cessationists who' saying it's not for today. Help us, Lord. Oh, somebody needs to go up in their prayer closet, and when that unction comes, on the day of Pentecost, there came a sound as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house wherein they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Look at there. The Holy Ghost gives utterance. We speak in tongues. The Holy Ghost gives utterance. We speak in tongues. And that'll be our segue for next week. I'm going to leave it right there. The Holy Ghost. I believe so many of you right out there have had utterance given by the Holy Ghost and you just scared, slapped to death because of false doctrine to speak in another tongue. This is the rest and this is the refreshing. Look, man, I have listened to some of the greatest preachers on this planet. And you know what? I mean, some really good. I've been around. I've known them. I've been with them. And let me tell you something. After a while, I'm like, yawn. <laughs> You cannot give me more knowledge and you can't excite me by knowledge. Let me tell you what you can't excite me with, the power of God. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. Look, preach up a storm, folks. Help yourself. But if words are the end in itself, where's the power? We can't talk nobody into anything anymore. My speech and my preaching were not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but with demonstration of the spirit. The Apostle Paul told the Galatians, he said, I determined in myself, I would not know anything among you except for Jesus Christ and him crucified. I don't want to know another thing. I'm going to talk to the simplicity of the death of Jesus Christ. And that that it. he said, oh, you Galatians, you whose eyes whom Christ was evidently set forth as crucified among you. He preached in such a manner that he brought him to the cross. Oh, let the cross do it. Let it be the power of God to salvation, deliverance, healing, miracles, signs and wonders. Because the life of the flesh is in the blood, the blood of Jesus Christ, not my blood, the blood of Jesus Christ. and It's been given on the altar 2000 years ago on the altar of the cross to make atonement for our souls. Mm -hmm. Come on, the blood is shed and don't limit that power. And don't project that power to some far off distant by and by that now faith is now live in the power of the resurrection. And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will quicken you. Come back next week and we're going to talk in tongues a little bit. God bless you. We are so thankful that you joined us for this teaching today. It's our sincere prayer that many of you would be born again through hearing God's Word. If you were blessed by this podcast, we would love to hear from you. For more information on Oikos Ministries, visit us on our website, www.housechurchesusa.com.